Reading the Bible Together. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today's conversation is going to be different than other conversations we've had before. But I, the other part of my job here at Faith Radio is that I am a producer with Susie Larson Live. And we had an opportunity to talk to Andrew Peterson and his son, Aiden Peterson, about a book that they just collaborated on called A Ranger's Guide to Glipwood Forest. And it's such a great conversation about writing, about creating art, and how we experience God in that process. And so you're going to hear Susie Larson, you're going to hear from Andrew and Aiden, and you're also going to hear from me in this conversation. We have a few copies of A Ranger's Guide to Glipwood Forest. If you'd like to enter the drawing for one of those copies, you can text the word book to 877-933-2484. And I'll tell you, when you go to fill out the form, you can just choose Susie Larson Live as the show and then just put A Ranger's Guide to Glipwood Forest in when it asks about the book. So let's head into the conversation with Andrew and Aiden Peterson. Andrew Peterson is an award-winning singer, songwriter, and author of the Wing Feather Saga. He's also the founder of The Rabbit Room, an organization that fosters community through story, art, and music. Andrew and his wife, Jamie, have two sons, Aiden and Asher, and one daughter, Skye. What cool names. They live in Nashville, Tennessee, an area on a wooded hill in a little house they call the Warren, where they are generally safe from bumpy dig toads and toothy cows. I love that. Aiden Peterson is a professional illustrator and an animator in Nashville. He also is a member of the alternate rock band Wake Low, which has exactly zero songs about squeebolins. <laughs> I'm probably getting these names wrong. Welcome, Andrew. Aiden, so good to meet you. This is the one time I'll have you guys talk at the same time. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Good to have you. What has God been talking to you about these days? Recently, uh, my Bible study uh, at our church, we've been going through James. And I feel like James is always a book that is incredibly convicting as far as how your my own faith should play out. But at the same time, like it reveals like the depths of grace and God's grace and how he chooses to give that to us. Uh, so that has been very good in the last couple of weeks. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you. And Andrew, how about you? Man, I knew Aiden's answer was going to be better than mine. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. I have so much, when I was thinking about this question ahead of time, I was remembering um, the last five years of my life and some things that I, I have begun to just think of as a matter of course are things that really in the in the story of my walk with Christ are relatively new um and i would say it was the fact that um i wrote a book a couple of years ago called the god of the garden about the way the lord has made his presence known to me through his creation and uh and i have begun reading scripture uh paying close attention to the moments where jesus uses um, agricultural metaphors where, um, you know, whether it's the parables that he uses or the fig tree that he cursed. Um, um, I listened to this wonderful podcast from the Bible project, uh, about trees in the Bible. And, uh, I'm currently reading Job and I just read a, a verse this morning, um, where he was describing when a tree cuts down is cut down, there's still hope that a shoot will come up out of the tree. And I was thinking about like how wonderful it is that that there that all of creation is just kind of brimming with all these little sermons that get preached all the time. So that's what's been ringing my bells lately is mm. is reading the whole of Scripture through the lens of 
um, the way creation is making his, his yeah. presence known and his truth known. Really, all creation speaks of his glory. It's amazing. You get really close up to a butterfly or you ponder the idea of a butterfly emerging from a chrysalis or that a baby can be formed in a mother's womb. And I mean, everywhere you turn, if you're looking for it, you see the miracle handiwork of God. And uh, I think sometimes we move so fast, we miss it. But creatives like you seem to notice the nooks and crannies and nuances of life, which I think is just amazing. Andrew, I would love to know from you how the, the wing feather saga was first born in your heart. Um, it was the, the joke answer is I was just trying to make my kids think I was cool. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> Not a bad motivation. Uh, yeah. Um, Aiden and Asher and Sky were probably, I don't know, six or seven. Um, when I, when I started writing the story in earnest and, uh, and I think that, you know, I wanted to be an author for as long as I can remember. Um, and, but the inciting incident that really made me decide I, re- I I had to write the book was reading the Narnia books to the boys when they were little. And um, mm. I had this, I remembered how, A, how much I loved those stories when I was a kid. And B, I experienced the great joy of getting to go on that journey with my kids, you know? And I was like, I've just got to know what it's like to make a story up. And, uh, and, you know, not, not to, not to downplay the fact that that you know there are themes that show up in these books that I, I think are are helpful and healthy and and hopefully edifying, um, but I really just wanted to tell the best story I could tell and and I knew I was doing it right if I would read the read the next chunk of the book to the kids as I was writing it and they were dying to know what happened next you know Excellent. so <laughs> that's awesome. so just keeping the keeping the kids attention and they're they're keeping the page turn pages turning was my was my real in some ways my main goal because I trusted that the story was going to do its own work on them for the sake of those who've not heard of the wing feather saga or don't know what it's about give us an overview Andrew of what they're about okay so I I'm gonna Aiden have you ever had to answer this question uh not really no <laughs> it's such a hard question to answer I I when we were working on the uh the animated series um with angel studios the other team the the like the production team spent a lot of time trying to distill the stories down and figure out a way to talk about them and i realized that i was kind of useless in that conversation because (laughs) it's like i'm standing too close to the painting to be able to really sum it up you know Mm. um so i it is a story about a family and it's a family that is up against a great darkness and they have to join together to survive and not just survive but maybe even save the world Wow. Aiden, what do you remember about the stories when your dad started to read them to you? I have great memories as as a kid laying on the couch every night, almost uh, getting to hear like a new chapter as they were being written. So it was like hot off the press. But I remember just loving it and watching my dad, you know, draw the maps or whatever at breakfast. You know, I had a bowl of cereal and just was watching him draw creatures or maps or just be making things and be making this world, which I think has like, is probably one of the biggest factors to what I ended up doing. I mean, I'm still, the fact that I get to, you know, help make those worlds come to life and get to be a part of like the story making process is just really fun to me. And it's something that uh, I grew up getting to watch 
happen. And now I get to do it. So how did you come into the picture, Aiden? Like when did your dad first discover that you had a talent for illustration? I've been drawing since I was 10, pretty seriously. I I knew pretty early on that drawing was a thing that I wanted to do. And uh, I wanted to be an illustrator in the future. I was sketching all the time and um, I was way into just fantasy, nerdy stuff. So when it came time to do a the Creaturepedia, which is just, it was going to be a companion book to the series that contains some of the fantasy creatures from the world. Pops gave me uh, the chance to do that book and illustrate all the creatures because that's what I was doing anyway. And, and you so, were 16. Uh, so wow. I was bringing him uh, drawings of weird creatures before it, <laughs> it became official that I would be illustrating the book. And then eventually it kind of fell into that. So he was stirring your creativity by, you know, painting pictures with words. And so then you started to paint words uh, with pictures. I mean, that's that's yeah. really amazing. Andrew, say a word, if you would, about this new one, A Ranger's Guide to Glipwood Forest. It was one of the most, it's possibly the most fun I've ever had writing a book, um, partly because there wasn't this huge pressure to write, you know, an, a gigantic epic sweeping story. <laughs> um, the the Wingfeather Saga is four books and it, it tells the big story, but, but it's been fun to do these companion books, little ancillary fun side side books you know that that helped to build the world and and uh and so this was one that it was actually the publisher's idea they were like hey what about doing another creaturepedia type book and um and so because i really love walking footpaths in england uh, i don't know if you you know or have ever had the the privilege to get to go do it but but it's this fascinating thing where there are these trails that just wind through the countryside in england um not like national parks like we have it's just you're literally walking through farmers fields and climbing their fences and you know crossing the countryside and i love it and they often come with these guidebooks that tell you oh on your left you're going to see an iron age fort you know the ruins of this thing or on your right there's a castle that was built in 1482 or whatever and so i thought ooh, wouldn't it be fun to write a guide to the scary forest in this world um in the same spirit as one of these british footpath guides <laughs> and so yeah. uh it was just a blast to write a, a, a step-by-step journey through the forest. And, um, and then Aiden, of course, um, illustrated it with like a zillion spot illustrations of cool flora and fauna that are, that are in the world and different landmarks and um, character sketches and stuff. So it was just a total joy to get to do this mm. with him. Well, I've got one more question. Uh, this one is for Andrew. And in fact, Aiden, if you have answers you want to chime in, please do so. But I'd love for you to talk, Andrew, about how the series has impacted your readers. Like what kind of things have you heard from them as they've walked their way through the Wing Feather saga? Man, I, I, it's, it's been a huge blessing, um, part, partly because the books have been out long enough now to where I'm meeting grownups who read them as kids, you know, um, you know, I guess the, the first book came out in 2008. So if you were, you know, 12 years old when that happened, you're, you, you may have kids of your own at this point, you know? And, uh, and so I'm getting to hear stories from people about what the, what the books meant to them when they were young. Um, and there's two, two parts of it. One part is I just am so honored that anybody with, you know, the bajillion books that exist in the world, that they would spend time with mine, you know, mm-hmm. um, that they would, uh, their imaginations would be, 
ignited and that they would feel that, you know, I'm always kind of chasing that flutter in the stomach that I remember having when I was a kid and I was watching a really great movie or reading a really great book. Um, and, you know, ultimately what I'm hoping um, in some ways is uh, to get at, to wake up longing in people. Um, in C.S. Lewis's book, Surprised by Joy, he talks about this intense longing that he experienced from time to time. Um, and and looking back, he realizes that those stabs of, of joy were like breadcrumbs that led him to Christ. And mm -hmm. so it's one of the wonderful things about art is that you can, you, you don't get to be in charge of what happens after you've made the art. All you get to be in charge of is being obedient to the work that God's called you to. And then he's in charge of the results. And mm -hmm. so as an author, I go, I have high hopes for what this story might do for people. Um, but all I can really do is try to steward well um, this time and this whatever gifting he's given me. And so that means that I get to be pleasantly surprised when I meet a, a young reader who says, I stayed up till 4 a.m. to read the book. Or, um, or you know, letters from parents that say that the stories gave their kids a way to process grief um, or death or point them to the hope of the resurrection or help them understand how good family is, whatever it may be. So there's a whole breadth of wonderful responses that is that I, that I've heard from people which is a great mm -hmm. honor. Yeah, it really is a great honor. I mean, we won't get to see, you know, the full harvest of our our offerings until we see Jesus, but it's so kind of him to let us get glimpses of it now and then. Yes. Encourages your heart so much. Aiden, anything you want to chime in about that? Yeah, along the same lines, uh it is it has been very delightful for me anytime I get to see a a, a kid who has drawn a creature of their own or engaged with the world in that way and has been inspired by the creaturepedia or anything in the wing feather universe and then has gone and made something on their own and i know that as a kid i was always so fantasy stuff actually ended up pointing me more towards like the world and creation and um i think good and beautiful art tends to point the viewer towards reality and towards creation and helps the readers to like engage even closer with creation. Uh, anytime I get to see a, a sketch or a drawing that a kid has done is just really cool to see. I'm going to hand it to Angie now. Well, I'm going to add to those list of parents that thank you for the work that you've done. I have a son that's a freshman in college this year. And one of the times he came home, he took Wing Feather Saga with him back to school because he was talking about a friend asked, what's your favorite book series? And he said, oh, it's Wing Feather Saga. And the friend hadn't heard of it. And so then he wanted to bring those books in. But for, a, you know, to what you were saying, Aiden, you know, he also loved fantasy novels. He also loved the other worlds. And, you know, I have a couple of questions. The first one I'll ask is when you're creating those worlds, how do you keep all the details straight? <laughs> I mean, how do you remember uh, who's who? And <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it helps if you have really smart kids that you're reading the story to, um, <laughs> really, because Aiden, I don't know if you remember this, but there were times when I would get facts wrong or you would kind of have a question. And uh, after I would read a, read a portion of the story, the kids would notice uh, consistency issues or, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, this wasn't the kids that pointed it out, but I remember one of my editors, um, you know, noticed that. Poto, the grandpa in the story, had a sword when like three chapters earlier he had thrown his sword at a creature and lost it. 
And, you know, so I had to go back and write that he had two swords. And so <laughs> that was the easiest solution. Um, but the, uh, but no, it just, it was, it, kids, I think are better readers than adults are a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Like they are really eager to step into the story. Like the, there's less of a threshold for them to dive in and, um, and exercise their imagination or apply their imagination to the story. And they take it very seriously. And so um, honestly, yeah, knowing that there are going to be kids out there reading the stories um, forces you to, to, to be careful, <laughs> to kind of tread lightly and make sure that you're, you're getting all your facts straight. And um, um, I think that's my answer. That's part of it. Editors are the greatest thing in the world too. Amen. Do you have anything to add to that, Aiden? Being yeah, a fact checker? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it, no, I don't have anything to add. When I was asking my son and then a coworker that had also read the series, my coworker Nat said he described it as a delightful series, but with also lots of tension and dark and light. And I've noticed, you know, in in your music and in your art, there's you know this balance of dark and light. And how do you hold the tension while you're creating it? Mm. I, I, this may be a weird answer, but I, I was just thinking about the fact that Aiden is a uh, is a an amazing visual artist and he's kind of become my my tutor um in some ways when it comes to art because I, I like to draw too and and have been you know uh, an amateur for for as long as i can remember i actually remember sitting aiden down when he was little and showing him some of my drawings from high school and and kind of saying oh i can help you draw and whatever and within about a week he was better than i was and so uh, i'm still i'm still a little bit mad about that honestly aiden. Um, <laughs> But uh, but but one of the things that Aiden has taught me is about values, mm. um, uh, and I don't mean like moral values. Mm -hmm. I mean values in art, like the the light and the dark, and how important it is that that the value is more important than color. That the the balance of light and dark in a in a picture is is crucial to the beauty of the picture, and so in you know that to me might work as a, a metaphor for how that works in stories too that um, there are some stories that are so heavily dark that uh, that they don't work. And then some stories that are so heavily um, light and happy that they don't work. That, that if you do, if you, if you paint your shadows well, it makes the light more beautiful. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. uh, and so when it comes to the art that m moved me the most as a young man, uh, a young Christian and uh, uh, the music that I love the most, it's, it's, it's art that takes, that acknowledges the brokenness of the world, that acknowledges the uh, the the reality of evil and sin, and 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 I want to be clear, not just the fact that the world out there is a broken place, but the world inside of us is also a broken place sometimes. Mm -hmm. And 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 if if the person making the art seems to acknowledge that truth, then I'm ready to listen. Does that make sense? I'm ready to. I trust them. When they tell me, guess what? Yes, there is darkness, but there is a light that is stronger. Um, I'm, I'm, my heart is willing to believe that bright, beautiful truth a little easier because the person didn't make a straw man out of the brokenness of the world. Does that make sense? That makes a um, lot of sense. We've been having conversations recently about how that the it, it seems like the message that's needed is, or or at least the way to share the message of Christ isn't necessarily um, is to say you're broken but we we all have brokenness but Jesus is the healer he can he can take care of that brokenness 
but you have to be mm-hmm. honest with your own brokenness first and lead with, yeah. you know, like me leading with my brokenness kind of makes a safe space for somebody else to share their brokenness. And then like God can work in that situation. So what oh, I'm hearing you say yeah. is like the way that people might interact with whatever kind of art, you know, that is creating that safe space for them to be honest with their own brokenness. Is that my understanding? You're yeah. right. I think so. I think so. I, you know, here here's an example that I think of is in in the hymn uh, "Prone to Wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love." Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I'm blanking on the name. Of come that thou font. Um, come thou. It's my favorite. Yeah, come thou yeah. font. It's a. <laughs> I love that you said font and not found. Wow, oh. <laughs> cool. Um, the uh, but yeah, like everybody's like I sense that the whole room um, sings that verse with a little more emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. when you get to that hymn? So many hymns aren't willing to admit prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. And there's something to me that gets at the the real heart of the thing um, in that moment in that hymn, because it's followed up with, you know, real bright hope and, and goodness. So I think that's, that's what I'm getting at is that um, I just, I was trying to write the wing father saga in a way that would, would, um, comfort a kid that was afraid of the darkness by showing um that yeah, by admitting that yes the darkness is real but that there's something there's something stronger that's so good aiden do you have anything to add to that especially you know what you what andrew said that you had taught him about you know in art the importance of light and dark in art yeah i mean i would just say, like from the perspective of like my my childhood and i think uh kids are smart readers and smart viewers as like if I was watching a a show when I was a kid the moment that I realized that there weren't real stakes that nobody was in like real danger that was the moment that I checked out uh and just because I like kids have like kids are aware that the world is broken and so if there if there's a sense that oh there aren't there isn't real danger in the story then it doesn't feel true because the truth is that there's real danger. But the, like the greater truth is that like what pops was saying is that there's like a greater hope than the danger. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just remember that being a very important thing when I was a kid um, that the stories that I read actually had that sense of stakes. And I think that that's just better storytelling, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I also think it, it helps, you know, as a parent, than to be able to have conversations with your children, so, you know. So, like my boys like fantasy novels, and so they were they were reading, you know, things about mythology, and to be able to then have a conversation with them about, you know, like that's what Paul's talking. That's who Paul is talking about when he's preaching in in Rome, and to be able to have, you know, bigger conversations, and especially when something's well written and it's engaging and it's honest, then you can engage in real honest conversation with your kids too. Yeah. So good. So what I'm curious about, you know, you mentioned before the animated series that's being made out of the Wing Feather Saga. What was that like, Andrew, to have a story that you created that lived in your head that had some illustrations, but to now see it moving on a screen? What was that process like for you? It is the coolest thing you can imagine. It's <laughs> wonderful. Like it would it would be maybe the worst thing you can imagine if if it wasn't a good a good adaptation Mm -hmm. but i think the team um is amazing i mean (laughs) the whole story you know it's been a six-year journey um 
more than that now. I guess we're in seven years since since you know the series was complete, and I I was friends with Chris Wall, who I knew through doing some work with Veggie Tales, and um, and I was like, and he was a fan of the books, and I was like, hey, what do you think about maybe turning this into an animated series? And it took him a while, and he finally decided to dive headfirst into the into trying to find partners to make that work, and it took so long. I mean, we were you know, flying out to Hollywood and meeting with Netflix and Amazon Prime and these different, you know, companies and just kept, kind of kept feeling either, either we didn't feel good about it or it was just a shut door mm. until we finally met these Angel Studios people um, in 2020 who read the books and then said, hey, how can we help you make the show that you want to make? And so um, that led to, you know, 10,000 um, fans of the books invested in it and to, to help us make season one and part of season two. And so that meant that all of a sudden we've got this, you know, they have entrusted us with, with um, the, the means to make this thing happen. And then Chris began building an incredible team of animators and background artists and storytellers. You know, we had people uh, come over from Pixar and people who used to be at Disney and, and all of these amazing you know, veterans in the industry stepped in to help tell this story. And so the nice thing about it is that like, I get to be in the room for, mm. you know, the conversation. I, I you know, I, I, I speak into the scripts and the, uh, just an hour ago, I was looking at a character design um, that Aiden actually made <laughs> uh, for one of the characters in season three and making notes on it and changes that I think ought to happen. So I get to be involved in the process. So what, what ended up being on screen was something that I got to be part of every step of the way. And, um, and I'm so happy with it. I just think it's marvelous. Well, and what a great question for the studio to ask. How can we help you make the show that you want to make and still yeah. give you, you still have a hand in it and still have, you know, some control and ownership of it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we feel very responsible to not just the investors, but the fans of the story in general. I mean, mm-hmm. there's um, a lot of a lot of people out there like your son who grew up with these stories. And we want to we want to make something that will ex- be exciting to the kids who, who read the story, you know, growing up, too. So good. And so people can watch that at Angel dot com. Is that right? Mm-hmm. OK. Yep. And then you also have Behold the Lamb tour coming up in December. I do. I do. It's this is the 24th annual Behold the Lamb tour, um, which is crazy. Aiden, you just turned 25, (laughs) (laughs) which means that since Aiden was one year old every December, um, this tour has been a part of the Peterson family life. And so, yeah, we're getting ready to go out and do it again. I can't wait. That's amazing. Uh, I think we're getting ready to wrap, but is there anything that we haven't asked you about the book that you want to make sure that we talk about or that you share about the book or the process or the wing feather saga? Well, I'll just say, Aiden, I don't know what you want to say, but I just would say that like getting to share um, this part of my, my career with my children and to do so in a way that is, um, like I'm unabashedly a fan of Aiden Peterson and the work that he does. I was just telling somebody that if, if I didn't know who Aiden was, I would be um, stalking him on Instagram and liking his books. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, uh, it's just like in the same is true. My uh, other son, Asher is a record producer and he makes amazing music. Sky Peterson, my daughter is a singer songwriter and she's writing great songs. So I just feel like in some ways the luckiest dad in the world that, 
I don't have to fake it. That mm-hmm. I don't have to pretend like I like what they're doing and say, well, that's really neat, Aiden. I can genuinely <laughs> say he's one of my favorite illustrators in the world. And to get to partner with one of my favorite illustrators in the world on this book is is a great joy. I I would second all that. It's just like the full circle-ness of um, we're just getting to like grow up uh, hearing the books as they're written and then, uh, you know, graduate college and then suddenly just get to work on the show and still make just make stuff with my family like with pops and then my wife is a background artist on the wing feather show as well so it has just been like a great joy to work on something that i genuinely love working on with my friends and with my family and uh, it's just a blast it's so great i would say too one of the things that i love is that our our kids all got to grow up in a community of artists um who whether they were songwriters or you know um, visual artists or poets or authors whatever but who were also christians so they they got to grow up and see oh this is also um a part of what it means to be a follower of jesus is Mm -hmm. that we make beautiful things and we tell stories and we write poems and and all of these things like there's a seat at the table in the kingdom of god for the fantasy artist and and for the poet and for the preacher you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and i i don't know that i understood that as a boy and so i'm so delighted that here in our community that our kids have gotten to um not just make beautiful art um but also bump into their favorite musicians in the line to go receive communion at church on sunday Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. it's a really remarkable thing and i think that's part of what you know, it's like the church was the garden that our kids grew up in. And to see the fruit that has come and in, in the work that they're doing is is the, the best thing I can imagine as a dad. Wow. Wow. The, the mutual honor that you have for each other and the way you both honor God is such a beautiful thing. Thank you for sharing your hearts, your story, and even your art with us, uh, Aiden and Andrew Peterson. God bless you. And may he continue to bless the work of your hands in the days ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that so fun to hear father and son? And I love that Aiden kept calling Andrew Pops during the conversation. So, so good. And I love the way that they draw us into creating, that, you know, draw us into being creative and experiencing God there. You know, here at Reading the Bible Together, we talk a lot about reading the Bible because that is important. And while we do that, we can experience God or we can take the knowledge that we've learned from reading the Bible into our life and experience God throughout the day. You know, when I go, there are places in Minnesota up on the North Shore along the the shore of Lake Superior is one of the places that I experience God. It's the beauty of it and the and just it's big and there are waves crashing in it. I just, I feel closer to God in that beautiful creation space. And so I just, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. It was sure it sure was a privilege to be able to talk to them. So thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done that already, because next week we are starting our series on Advent. <laughs>